Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Well, good morning again, everyone. I am Pastor Chris. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today, uh, the Sunday after Christmas. And I sincerely hope that you and your family have all had a wonderful uh, Christ-centered Christmas. You know, I kind of uh, a picture right now, many of you gathered together with uh, friends and family. Maybe you're in the living room, maybe you're out of town, uh, but the room that you're in right now, for many of you, I bet uh, you still see the after effects of Christmas, you know, kind of the melee from, from yesterday. I kind of uh, picture, you know, maybe there's still a few unopened presents, or maybe you still have to do Christmas with a few people, uh, family, friends, uh, but for many of you, maybe you still see, you know, just the Again, the, the melee from yesterday, the uh, open presents and uh, Christmas paper, wrapping paper everywhere. So I got a question for you. How do you respond uh, when you get that gift that, quite honestly, uh, you just don't want? Now, again, not to sound selfish or ungrateful, but what do you do when you open a gift and the person who gave it to you is right there watching you? I mean, they're watching your every move, watching your every response. And uh, maybe you either already have one or that particular gift is not really for you. And you open it up and your first natural reaction is, oh my goodness, what in the world were you thinking? I mean, do you even really know me? Now, I know this might be hard for you to imagine, uh, but my wife, Janet, she is actually the master of those occasions. Now, don't get me wrong. It is not, not she's not phony or fake or anything like that. Uh, but she would just never, you know, want to hurt anybody's feelings. For her, it really is the thought uh, that counts. And for the rest of us, we just hope your thoughts can be exchanged for a gift card, right? Um, now, I am not going to tell you uh, who bought her this particular gift to, you know, protect the guilty. But um, I was there when she opened it. And honestly, she opened the present, and my first resp response was, again, who in the world is this gift for? Because do you even know my wife? I mean, was there a thought put into this thing at all? I mean, was this something you, you know, picked up at the, at the gas station on the way over here? But what happened next it is something that I will never, ever forget or, quite frankly, let her live down. It was a performance worth an Oscar. Uh, I mean, the attention to detail, uh, the contortions of her face, the inflection of her voice. I mean, to this day, when I mock her about it, I mean, when I bring it up, um, I, I always say things like, Janet, you know, remember that time when you opened that gift and you were like, you like me. You really, really like me. Um, well, this morning, here's what I want us to do. We're just going to lay all the cards on the table. Okay. Again, it's the day after Christmas. So husbands, wives, let's all breathe a collective sigh of relief. And uh, let's just be honest with each other today. But if you can't break the news to your spouse, I'm going to do it for you today. Okay. So when your husband or wife opened that gift that you bought for them, no matter what their reaction was in the moment, if it was one of the following gifts, their honest reaction in their mind was, you idiot, <laughs> what were you thinking? Do you even know me? Okay, so guys, let's go first. Guys, 
no matter how she reacted, uh, here are some of the gifts that the women in your life most likely did not want for Christmas, okay? No matter their reaction, here's what they didn't want. A table saw, okay? Uh, or any power tool for that matter. Uh, a vacuum cleaner. This is, this is a terrible one. A gym membership. What were you thinking? Um, how about the Scarface Collector's Edition on, on DVD? Um, or here's one more. A satellite dish with the sports package. Now, ladies... Let's go to you. Uh, here are some things that you probably should not have purchased for your husband, no matter how nice he was trying to be in the moment, okay? Uh, if you got him the Anne of Green Gables Collector Edition uh, DVD with 74 minutes of extra footage, no matter how nice he was trying to be, he absolutely does not want that. Uh, tickets to a ballet, a play, or a musical. Uh, how about this one? A Bath and Body Works soap basket. Okay, really anything from Bath and Body Works. Um, and then what about this last one? A self-help book, okay, entitled something like Getting in Touch with Your Inner Child. Now, really any self-help book for that matter. I mean, guys, uh, ladies, men, let's just go ahead and do the honorable thing. Let them take it back and exchange it. Now, I say all that today to tell you this. Did you know that our God actually has a gift exchange program of his own? It is absolutely incredible. It's as though we bring him our very worst and he gives us his best. I mean, we bring him things that, quite truthfully, we never really wanted to be a part of our lives anyway, and we struggle with. And then he gives us some things in return that we've always desired. It's almost like you walk into a store with some worthless uh, used CD and in exchange you get like a 75-inch 4K OLED TV. It's that kind of exchange. It's that dramatic. And yet it's even better because God is not just exchanging uh, things or stuff. So very quickly today, I know that uh, most of the unwrapping is over in your lives. But today I want us to talk about three specific things that God will exchange in your life if you'll let him. And the Bible is filled with these. But today I just want to look at three. And these three I think are very, very appropriate for this time of year. First of all, number one, if we let him, when we give God our worry, he gives us his peace. This is an incredible, incredible exchange. We give him our worry, he gives us his peace. You know, Matthew 6.34 is what Jesus uh, said about worry. Listen to this. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. What did Jesus say? He said, don't. Don't do it. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. And yet, you know, if we're honest, we all struggle with this. We struggle with worry and anxiety and pressure, especially this time of the year. Now, the crazy thing is we do a lot of it to ourselves during this time of the year. I mean, just think about what we try to do during this season. During this time of the year, we will actually try, we will decide to have more parties during this one month than all of the rest of the year combined. Now, I don't know why we do it, but we do that to ourselves. During this one month of the year, besides all these parties, you know what we do? We say, let's take a family picture. 
We all know how difficult those can be. And let's send a card to every person we've ever met in our lives. Um, And then if that weren't enough, you know what we do next? We say, let's redecorate. Let's redecorate our, our entire house inside and on the outside. Then during this time of the year, we'll go and buy a special gift for every person in our life that we love. And on top of all of that, we bake. <laughs> we bake. How often do many of you bake? I mean, but we do it during this time of the year. And then in the middle of all of this, I mean, if all of that weren't crazy enough, you know what we say? Hey, let's let the, school, let's let the kids out of school for two weeks, right? Uh, no wonder. No wonder we are stressed during this time of the year. The problem is what all of that does to us, what worry, anxiety does to us. It affects us emotionally, physically, spiritually. It creates stress and tension and headaches and insomnia and all that other stuff and more. In fact, you'll even hear people use uh, phrases like, I am worried what? Sick. I'm worried to death. We actually say that. So what do you do? God says, here's what you do. Get involved in my gift exchange program. You give me your worries. And here's what I'll do. I'll give you my peace. It is an incredible, an incredible exchange. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. When you do that, when you give your worries over to God, you're saying, God, here it is. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Here's what I'm facing. Here's what I'm feeling. When you do that, it does a couple of things. First of all, it helps you realize that ultimately, God is in control. I mean, we worry about, typically, we worry about things that are, that are out of our control. Uh, we think that by worrying about them, somehow we're going to control it. But you're worrying about is not controlling uh, anything. It's not changing the situation one bit. In fact, it's having a negative impact on you. The only way to realize that something is out of your control is to realize that God is in control. And so when I give my worries over to God, it reminds me of that truth. But it also does something else. It reminds me that God cares. Guys, listen, I just think you needed to hear today that um, God cares about whatever it is that you're worried about today. And for some of you, it might even seem like it's the, you know, the silliest worry in the world and it shouldn't matter, but I want you to know that God cares about what you're, what you're going through what you're worried about, what you're concerned about, more than you could ever imagine. And so when we give our worries to God, we recognize that he's in control, we recognize that that he cares, and then we get this gift in exchange. Jesus said it like this in John 14, 27. Listen listen to Jesus' word. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Man, what a great gift at Christmas. We give God our worries and we get his peace. So how does that happen? How does that work in a very practical way? Well, the practical step is called prayer. It's just talking to God. It's just telling God as a a friend, as a loving, perfect, heavenly father, God, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what I'm worried about. Prayer is that place where your worries are exchanged for peace. 
In Philippians 4, 6, it says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. You know, His directions there are very, very specific for us. He says, first of all, tell God what you need. You know, some of you, if you're honest, you're not doing that. There is something in your life that's concerning. There's, some, there's a worry. There's something that you need, and you're not telling God about it because, quite frankly, you think you can take care of it. You think you can, you can be in control. But until you tell him, you're not going to be able to let go of that anxiety. But don't forget to do the second part. He says, thank him for all that he's done. You know, I don't know about you, but for me, that's one of the greatest uh, worry busters in my life. Thanking God. Gratitude. Yeah, you know, sure, you realize that there are some, th- some things going on in your life that aren't quite right, some things that you need, but I, I can't forget all that God's already done in my life, all the blessings that he's brought to me. And so when you do that, when you remember to thank God for all that he's done, it has the power then to reduce the anxiety in your life. When we give God our worry, he gives us his peace. Now, there's a second exchange that I want us to talk about. Uh, Number two, when we give God our hurts, he gives us healing. Healing. You know, if there is uh, one thing that I've learned in 31 years now as being the pastor here at Coastal, it's that everyone, everyone is hurting in some way. There is not one person, there's not one person that's not hurting in some way or another. I know that. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. It might be an emotional hurt. It could be physical, spiritual. It could be some sort of relational pain that you're experiencing, but we all experience hurt or pain in some way. Psalm 130 verse 1 says this, From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. You know, that's the way uh, this world feels like sometimes. The depths of despair. But not only does God care about your worry, he cares about the troubles that you're going through. Um, He cares about that problem. He cares about that difficulty, that pain that's a part of your life right now. You know, think about Mary for just a moment on that, uh, that Christmas uh, season in her life, that very first Christmas, when she learned that she was going to have a baby. One of the very first words that were out of her mouth, Luke one forty eight, she said this, He cares for me, His humble servant. I mean, think about that. She was just totally blown away by the fact that here she is, this lowly peasant girl on planet Earth, and God cares for her. You know what? God cares for you. I hope you're truly amazed by that today. That of all the the billions of people on earth, he cares for you. That's an an incredible gift. You know, I, I bring God my pain, and he brings healing into my life. But then he does this other thing that's even, even more amazing if we let him. Not only does he bring healing in my life, but he uses me. He he, he uses my pain. He, he heals me in such a way that my pain and my story then can be used to help other people, bring about healing in other people's lives. In fact, I think one way to really know that you've been healed of a hurt 
is that you're now able to serve other people who are facing that same hurt and pain and help them find healing. I love uh, 2 Corinthians 1.4 in the message. It says this, He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. God does that. He has the miraculous ability to use the hurt and the pain that I go through in this life than to heal other people. Now there's a third exchange that I want to talk about. That God is willing to work in your life if you'll let him. We give God our sin. And he gives us forgiveness. How? How does he do that? Well, in this case, the how is actually a who. It's who Christmas is all about. Jesus. Jesus came into this world on a rescue mission. That's what Christmas is all about. A rescue mission. In fact, look what the angels said at the very first Christmas in Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, let me ask you a question. Why in the world do we need a Savior? I mean, it says it. A Savior has been born. Let me cut to the chase. The Bible says that our God, He is a holy God. He is absolutely holy, and heaven is a perfect place. And because of that, only perfect people get to go there. And if God let imperfect people into heaven, it wouldn't be perfect anymore. You know what that means? That means that I don't stand a chance in a million of getting into heaven on my own. And you know what? Neither do you. Uh, We lost our uh, chance of perfection a long time ago. I am a sinner, and so are you. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Somebody has got to take care of my sin, your sin, our sin problem. And so here's the good news. God, in his great, great love for you, he came up with another plan. He sent a Savior so that we could get into heaven on somebody else's ticket. You see, somebody else would pay for your sin. That is the most priceless gift you could get at Christmas. The gift of forgiveness. Let me tell you, that is something you can't find on Amazon. It's priceless. And yet God reaches out to you this Christmas and every Christmas all year long. He reaches out to you and he offers you this forgiveness. To have your past forgiven, your slate wiped clean, to to give you a fresh start, to be made brand new. That is the good news. That is what Christmas is all about. So how does that happen? How do I let Jesus save me? Real simple. You trust him. You trust him. Look at this verse, Acts 10.43. It says this. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Notice what it says there. Everyone who believes. How do you let Christ save you? 
Just admit you need it. You believe that he is who he says he is, that he is God's one and only son, that he is the Messiah, that he was crucified on a cross for your sin and for mine. But three days later, he rose from the dead and he conquered sin and death and the grave. You know what our problem is, though? We're always trying to save ourselves. You know, we, we think that uh, we can work our way into heaven. You know, we can earn it by being, by being good enough. You know, we'll say things like this. Maybe not out loud, but I think this is what we think. Okay, well, you know, let's just see. You know, um, the good in my life is maybe about this high on the scale of life. And the bad in my life, it's about, you know, about right here, about that low. And so, you know, look at the balance. You know, I, I think I'll probably make it. I'll kind of, I'll sneak into heaven. The only problem with that scenario is that God doesn't grade on a curve. It just doesn't work that way. It's, it's pass fail. You say, yeah, but, you know, Pastor Chris, I'm better than, you know, the people that I work with. I'm better than my mean, nasty neighbor or coworker. Well, of course you are. You're probably better than I am. You know, you can always find somebody in your life that you think you're better than. But the standard of judgment, you know, the standard of comparison is not me or you or Mother Teresa or the Pope or, or anyone. It is the absolute holiness of God. And so if that's the standard, we all fall short. We all need a Savior. I mean, think about it. If we didn't need a Savior, why did God waste all that time and effort to send one? But the very fact that Jesus came at Christmas, he gave up all the glory of heaven, became one of us, was born as a baby, grew up, had pain and temptation, and died on a cross and rose again on Easter. It means, that means that you and I need whatever it is he has to offer. You see, the miracle of Christmas, guys, it's not on 34th Street. It's in the hearts of the men and women who put their faith and their trust in Jesus. And he says, this time of the year and all year round, if you'll give me your worries, I'll give you my peace. If you give me your hurt, I'll heal your heart. And if you'll bring me your sins, I'll give you forgiveness and a home in heaven for all eternity. You see, Jesus didn't come to earth just to give us another holiday. No. He came to bring life. Life. Abundant life. Eternal life. He didn't come to condemn. He came to console. He didn't come to destroy. He came to deliver us. He didn't come to rebuke. He came to rescue. He was on a rescue mission. That is the gift of Jesus. That's the gift of Jesus. And it can't be found underneath a tree. But it is found on a blood-stained cross and in an empty tomb. And you can open that gift today and receive it. Exchange the hurt, the worry, the sin in your own life and receive Christ today. And it is as simple and as beautiful as a prayer. And I'd like to pray with you right now and invite you to this gift exchange.
and receive Christ into your life. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for all the miracles of Christmas. I thank you, Father, for our coastal family and all of the joy that we have experienced together in this great, great season. I thank you for all of the outreach, for all of the the people that we have served and loved here in our community. And Father, right now, today, as people are watching this and listening to this all around the country, all around the world, I believe that there are people who are ready to participate in your gift exchange. God, they're ready to give you their worries, their hurt, and most importantly, they're ready to give you their sin in exchange for Christ, for forgiveness, for peace and hope, all of that and so much more. If that's where you're at, if that's what you're ready to do, just pray a simple prayer like this one. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. I have blown it. Um, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And today, Father, I ask Jesus to come into my life to forgive me of my sin, to be my Savior, to be my Lord. I believe that Jesus came to save me. He was born on Christmas. He was crucified and rose from the dead on Easter. And I believe that he's alive. And for the rest of my life, Father, I just want to follow him. Come into my life and save me. I ask this in Jesus' name. And for those of you who have already prayed that prayer, and asked Jesus to come into your life, maybe today there is a worry, there is a hurt, that you need to give over to God today. Exchange it right now. Dear Heavenly Father, take this pain in my life. Take this worry. I hand it over to you. In exchange, humbly, I'd like to receive your peace and your healing. And use me, Father, to heal someone else who might be going through the the same thing. I pray all of this today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Christmas. God bless. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.